Le seul podcast sur le PSG en anglais. Welcome to another episode of PSG Talking. I'm your host, Ed. And despite all of my efforts, we are not doing two full hours on the departure of Hesse. He's no longer a member of PSG. And while that's a big talking point, we have plenty of other things we need to Huge. discuss. I know. So instead, I'm going to be joined by Matt, Kose, and Guillaume. We're going to be talking about the win over Manchester United. We might touch on that win over Montpellier a little bit. Uh, we would definitely want to talk about Neymar's comments about Messi potentially coming to PSG next season. We got to talk about Mbappe's troubles in the Champions League. And Tuchel. Is the Tuchel out movement over for now? Is it still going strong? We'll find out. But first, let's just go around the horn here. Uh, Matt over in the UK, how are you? I'm all right, mate. Yeah, how are you doing? All is good on my end. And Guillaume, out in California, how are you? Beautiful California fall. <laughs> doing great. Love to hear it. And finally, Kose, how are you? I am doing just fine, thank you. Here, uh, <laughs> we don't have uh, that much nice uh, of a weather. We are more on the on a winter scale already. Yeah. But... <laughs> I feel you, Kose. We had snow last week, so. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm like staying in. So sorry. <laughs> I think I have all of you beat. I'm here in Utah. We've already had snow like five times, so. <laughs> It's already yeah, in the twenties. Okay. Yeah, it's getting yeah, it's getting cold. So um, I I envy you. I envy you, Guillaume. Yes. Um, well, Kose, let's start with you. I want to talk about the win over Manchester United. That's the the topic that is on the minds of every PSG fan. And what I want to know is, there's been a lot of debate about did PSG play well? Did they just kind of get by? Did Manchester United give away this game by keeping Fred on the pitch and missing some of those easy goal scoring opportunities? What is your opinion? Of this match, did PSG win it or did Manchester United sort of give it away? Ooh, there's so much to unpack. <laughs> there's so much to unpack. Um, I was incredibly happy with uh with the result. Obviously, that was the main thing that we. I think everybody took that from from the game and the fact that, you know, we were able to win away from home uh, and a very very important game that we needed to win. And you know, we're still in contention. We're in much better shape in the group now, um, and I think obviously that is will always. I mean, that will always be the main point that we take from the game. Um, but I, okay, I know there's a lot of people that are not extremely happy with how the performance was. Um, many of us could agree that for a very long time the game was for the taking, right? Um, it could have really gone either way. Um, for Periods of time, Manchester United had very, very good moments. Cavani almost scored against us. The Martial missed, um, but I think we were—I think we were good for our money, you know. And and Neymar started strong. PSG started really strongly. We got on the score sheet early. Um, I knew Tuchel's plan was going to be as soon as we score, we park the bus, um, and I'm okay with that. I'm I'm fine with that. Um, it didn't quite work as well, but I think that you know specific situations, he was better than Ole at making substitutions he was better at understanding the game managing the game and i think that that is a way in which psg don't usually win and so to see us 
outmanage the game, outmanage the opposition, take our chances and make the most out of the red card, make the most um, out of the situations that, that we that we did have. Um, I was very, very happy with the results. And of course, with the sir over here, amazing performance, scoring two goals, incredibly happy. Uh, I couldn't be more ecstatic about I was finally getting revenge over United. Was he your was he was Neymar the man in the match for you? Oh, for me, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely, absolutely. And I was so happy we got revenge over Rashford. Like, when he <laughs> scored, I was like, we cannot beat this man. We cannot beat this man. Uh, but no, we did it. We did it. I'm very, very happy about it. And Matt, you're over in the UK. What are the papers saying? Was this? Are they kind of leaning more towards Manchester United gave this game away, you know, only keeping Fred in the game? It was more of Manchester United just did the wrong thing, and PSG just kind of fell their way into a victory. Uh, is that kind of the narrative over there? Uh, not at all, really. I'd say um, I think most people. So uh, I listened to this game on the radio for various reasons, and the radio commentators were like really quite down on United's performance and were pretty, you know, happy that we deserve to win, sort of thing. And I think broadly, like the, I mean, Man United is always a story whether they win or lose, but I think broadly the um, reaction was that they sort of got what they deserved, really, and that it wasn't a. Um, I think most of the talk's been about Fred and the whole sort of situation of him not being substituted because Solskjaer was under a bit of pressure. But generally, we've had reasonably good reviews. And I think most of the things I read said that we, you know, we didn't dominate the game, but we certainly did enough to win. And I think, I mean, I watched it back knowing the result, which makes it a bit different and you're not as stressed, are you? But I really don't know what people expect from us, what they want us what they want us to do in an away game in the Champions League in a really high-pressured situation. We scored after five minutes. Well, obviously, we're going to sit back a bit, aren't we? Because we're winning. And like Kose said, that's that's always what... That, is, that would be Tuchel's inclination anyway. But I think any team's going to do that. If you're away from home and you're winning, you're going to let the opposition have the ball. And I think they did have some chances, but we had some chances as well. Their goal was extremely lucky. I mean, uh, you know nearly a double deflection even then it could have spun wide or hit the post sort of thing I I genuinely I, I was kind of as I say I watched it knowing the result already so I see why when you're when you're caught up in it it feels quite stressful doesn't it but I really can't see what people are moaning about we've gone there we've won we've done the job we've put in a reasonably good performance and I've got no complaints to be honest with you yeah they got the job done I mean they were staring Europa League right in the face even a draw with Leipzig winning that wouldn't have been enough. We would have been, you know, watching the scoreboard on match yeah, day exactly. six. It would have been no, we And we moan when we don't get it done. We moan like, oh, they're weak mentally, oh, they can't sit out, oh, they can't concentrate, blah, blah, blah. The last two Champions League games might not have been our two best performances ever in the world, but we did the job and we got the points and now it's looking likely that we'll go through. So, I mean, I, I as I say, no complaints here as far as I'm concerned. Now, Guillaume, I believe on the last show, you were the one that was calm down on the Tuchel out, which we'll get to later. Everything's going to be fine. You were kind of the calm voice amongst all of our hysterics. <laughs> you know, like we were, everyone was just like, the world is ending, PSG's in the Europa League. You just said, stay the course. And it, it seems like, at least for now, unless they completely blow it against Basakshi here. I think I finally figured out how to say that. Um, so go ahead, do a little victory lap and tell us about what you thought about the game. Maybe you're man of the match. Oh, no victory lap. I mean, uh, you know, it's, we're, we're passionate and emotional and, and we feel like it's the end of the world when, when we have a bad performance. Uh, to me, this was a bad performance. The result was incredible. It was a miracle, guys. I mean, come on. A miracle. Like, 
the the Cavani shots on the bar and especially Marshall. Like like what? It reminded me of um, Manchester City. Uh, what was his name? Missing like an unmissable goal against Sterling. Lyon. Sterling against Lyon, you know. Mm-hmm. Like how? so that they could have won that game three one. I mean, they would have scored there. That was that was it. Um, we didn't have enough juice. We wouldn't have had enough juice to uh, turn the game around. Thing is, you never really know. With Neymar and Mbappe, it could be a fraction of a second. But right now, you do know. I mean, we haven't seen... Neymar is such a genius that, that even when he's not at 100%, and he's far from 100%, he can be decisive. Uh, Mbappe, no. Mbappe has been absolutely dreadful. But he's Mbappe, so, you know, he will score a goal here and do that pass. But compared to what we used for, uh, to, to get from him, he's, he's uh, light years ahead. He's, he's in a ditch. He's fried mentally, physically. The, the winter break is hopefully going to be a, a you know, huge break for, for Mbappé and, and the team in general. The team is, is fried. You, you, you didn't want to you know, talk much about the Montpellier game. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not much to say, but physically... Something's happening. Something very positive is happening. Like it's like they're digesting finally a little bit. Now they got some rhythm. They need the break, but you know they, they they got the rhythm a little back. And and haven't seen the team play uh, in such a dynamic manner in a very very long time. So that's really great news. So yeah, we can we you know um, we we should talk about. Or, or new players and how, um, you know, Danilo is a little shy. I mean, coming into Paris Saint-Germain, you can be Danilo, I don't know how many caps, 60, 60 plus caps with the, the Portuguese national team. He was in Porto, now he's in Paris. It's, it's, he's exper- experienced and, and, you know, but it's a big move. Um, and, and expecting him to be... Well, I just want to say that's something I mentioned with Mark is that if you think about it, like... You know, Keane, Danilo, and I believe uh, Florenzi. You've got three brand new players at each level of the game. Attack, midfield, and defense. And like that takes a little bit of time for them to figure out how to work together with Kempembe and Varadi and Mbappe and all these other guys. So it takes a little time. I feel like that's a point a lot of people miss. I'm glad you brought that up. It might be a little different for Keane, who's, um, because of his style of play. And he's, like, he's a very daring player. He seems to have great confidence in his abilities, and he should because you see, you see how powerful and dynamic he is. And right now, there's still no great solution in world football against that type of player. Mm-hmm. Teams will get used to it and they will adapt, but they are such a um, difficult thing to counter when you have a player like this. And he knows it, and he's proving it. And uh, it's wonderful. I mean, he's, he's fantastic, guys. He's, he's, he hit the ground running. Rafinha, in a way, too, which is even more interesting because he's a midfielder. The game he had against Montpellier, Rafinha. Very and good. now when he comes from the... I mean, my God, look at... If you can look at his stats, his defensive stats, seven one-take tackles, interceptions, assists, incredible. And Danilo... You know, Danilo is slow, and that's his problem. So when, when you have a midfielder uh, with, like, McTominay, for example, who's... who's a brute, but is super mobile. 
it's a little difficult for him, but if he, he's very smart and stays in his zone, and then he will win the duels in the air or on the ground. He will win them. And thank God we had him against Manchester United because they are very, I mean, you know, typical um, high-level Premier League football with incredibly dynamic, uh, destructive midfield. Um, but at one point in the game, I, I lost my, my hope. I was like, this is, you know. And then that's football. Um, that's football, and that's also... Paris Saint-Germain now. We cannot say this team is weak mentally. This is over, guys. You don't get these miracle victories. And we've seen some of them in in uh, the championship, in League One, where we're like, oh, my God. And they managed to find a way to win. And then now this team has that strength, that mental strength. When you're in the ditch, you're, 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 you're mentally worn down, but you, you're not giving up. You're physically exhausted, but you're still not giving up. You know you have hope. Well, you have hope because you have that experience now about yourself, about your teammates, and you know you have Neymar and Mbappe. And you know you have Di Maria. And you know now from the bench, there's going to be Rafinha. Um, Verati is back for a few hours. Um, and, it, you know, it, that's how you become a... That's how you build your, your, your winning culture, your winning mentality and your tradition. And it's happening. You forgot um, to mention Marquinhos. He not only scored a goal, but I mean, I, I, I tweeted out like we don't deserve Marquinhos. He's just. We do. <laughs> he's just incredible. We do deserve Marquinhos. Yeah. He's, a pro, he's a fruit of this club now. He was like mentored by Thiago Silva. And I posted in the Chelsea subreddit um, uh, a few days ago. Asking about Thiago Silva. Oh my God! The, the answers from Chelsea players, uh, Chelsea players, Chelsea fans. Um, now you know. Now maybe Paris Saint-Germain fans are going to re really appreciate Thiago Silva, mm -hmm. uh, because we have that little emotional perspective on him now, because he's no longer part of the club. Uh, but he mentored Marquinhos, and they had that incredible relationship. And the club and staff felt Marquinhos was ready. Marquinhos was physically in a ditch too. Oh my God, it was difficult a few, a couple, you know, a month ago, and now he's back. Uh, he, he was absolutely incredible. Kimpembe had a tough game. Um, you're going to have a tough game um, against Manchester United, and those, I mean, they're so dynamic, so dynamic. But Marquinhos kept things together. Um, Verratti was a big asset um, when he came in the last, uh, you know, ten minutes, and then the Montpellier game. Yeah, you're starting to see what possibly could be the second half of of, uh, of the of the year. So you know, 2021 is looking it's looking good. Um, yeah. We can be very hopeful. I think we can. I, you know, I'm no I'm no oracle, but it's like they built enough now. They have enough experience, enough, and that voodoo, that curse has been broken. Yeah, you know, we're really... going to lose stupid games again, and we're going to have, you know, bad ref calls. But that, that tradition that is, it's, is broken. Now we're back to normal level with other teams, and yeah. it's just regular football. There's no strange voodoo about that team and that, that, that energy 
strange energies they can have. It's back to like the normal. We'll have horrible games where it's pissed off and bad things happen and we could have one. It will happen. It happens to any team. But now this is a normal football team, a high level normal football team. <sighs> it's nice for a change. Um, I did want to talk about some of the refereeing calls, but was it Matt, did you want to jump in and say something? Uh, no, I think I was just going to add to what Gita, just basically to agree yeah. with Guillaume and say, um, I think if we go, if we get past Beshak Shahir and in the second half of the season, we go deep into the Champions League, no one will remember the detail of our win over Man United or our skanky 1-0 against, uh, who's that German team that we play, Leipzig. Um, you'll just remember that we went deep into the Champions League and ultimately at this point, especially in the situation, it's just about getting the results and getting through and like you say, Guillaume, I think as the physical side comes together and hopefully having had a break, you know, we can add on top of that and, you know, get back to more of the sort of high level of nice football that we were used to and that we saw at times last season. Absolutely. And so I just wanted to real quick go around. Obviously, the headbutt from Fred, everyone was up in arms about that. I thought it was a straight red. I thought that's kind of like what the rules said. Now, Gab Marcotti. Paredes. Yeah, on Paredes. I thought that Gab Marcotti said that's mostly like an English thing if you lean forward like that. That's kind of in their rules, but in other leagues, not necessarily. So maybe that's why the yellow card. But just your overall, we'll go around the horn here. Just general thoughts on like what you thought about that. Then McTominay stomping on Neymar's ankle. It looked deliberate to me. He was kind of intimidating him, walking over him. Um, there's just a lot of dirty play, especially from Manchester United. So do you think they should have more players sent off? you think the, the official botched it with the yellow card? What do you guys think, Kose? I think that... So I was actually very angry with the referee through majority of the match because... And it's funny because after the game, I was seeing uh, the Mark Goldbridge reaction video or whatever, like, you know, what he says when the team is playing. Um, and I thought that, first of all, it was completely unacceptable that McTominay left the field without a yellow card because even before the first half, I could already count more than four fouls on Neymar strictly yeah. by in McTominay. A in a row. Exactly, exactly. Boom, and boom, boom, He boom, had boom. one time that he did like like two or three within 10 minutes. Like I was like, he is purposely targeting him. Like it is clear, even to a person who's just Absolutely. looking at the stream, like the referee should already be doing something again against that. Um, then the ref situation, I feel like, um, and this is uh, what happens to me when I usually talk to fans that are, you know, Manchester United fans or Liverpool fans, um, and they just can't see when they are doing exactly the same thing that, that we're being criticized about. So I remember like um, at the end of the game, the reactions, the reaction videos were like, oh, like PSG are, they're a cheat. Like they're, they're just divers. Like they just want to do all of this stuff. And I'm like, I don't think you guys remember when you guys were winning at, Uni at, at the Parc de France, you went and stood in the corner with the ball for like five minutes. You know what I'm saying? Like at the end of the day, I think the refereeing was very, very fluky. Um, I think Fred got a red card on that action because the referee recognized that he should have sent him off in the first half in the first place. Um, you mean when he got the second yellow in the second half? That was the makeup right. because he should have sent him off. Right, okay. Right, absolutely. So um, I think that the, the, the refereeing was inconsistent. Um, he allowed United to do a lot of things, then try to backtrack, change the game, made it about himself. So 
I wasn't happy with it. I was I was thankful that we were able to deal with it um, because af after he doesn't uh, send off Fred in the first part, that is when United really started to put pressure on us, and eventually they find the equalizer. So he changed the game with the bad with his bad officiating. So I was glad that we were able, you know, eventually able to deal with it and come out with the win and 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 you know the, the situations of the game like Guillaume said it's football you never know what's going to happen and it ended up favoring us but I wasn't happy with the referee decision at all yeah. and even worse when people were complaining that Marquinhos was offside because even the picture that they used to like prove that he wasn't offside was like kind of taken at an angle like through a tv and I was like okay I mean don't I know I know Kim Pembe once was was once uh you know called for a handball when he wasn't even looking at the ball. So I think we can all agree that this is not offsides. Yeah, that's a very good point. Now Matt, I mean <laughs> it's it's clear that this was a tactic from Manchester United, try to get under the skin of Neymar and intimidate and some of other PSG's players that maybe they perceive as being a little bit soft and is just this just something that PSG is going to have to just deal with every game. They have this perception and they're gonna have to stand up and fight back and overcome poor officiating calls that's just what they're gonna have to do so is that just the way it is now yeah uh yes basically i do think that i think particularly in the champions league i think because the uh the sort of noise around neymar is always that he's a bit weak he's a bit of a diver and he you know he moans a lot and stuff i think that we're just gonna have to deal with it i mean it's obvious bullshit isn't it sorry um but uh, i mean mctominay was whinging about um our players going down easily and it was quite funny i saw one of the united uh, blogs tweeted it out and they the picture they showed was of him basically stamping on neymar and it's like well hang on mate like you, you can't whinge about it if you're literally doing it but um i yeah i mean the ref was not great was he um and i think like they were saying they were even like i said i listened on the radio and the english context were like well neymar you know he's the boy who cried wolf so you know if he gets kicked and the ref doesn't notice uh then you know he's only got himself to blame and i'm like hang on a minute like that's not that's not that's not how it works is it like you know i what, what's the relevance of that like so i i i find all that stuff just boring to be honest it just it just gives me a headache and i just like where's what's the matter with you people like uh it's just so venting. i think yeah it's, you know I, I it's a think, way to 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 let your frustrations yeah, out i think it's a physical game and they gave a bit and we gave a bit and obviously we've got paredes who's always happy to to wade in there uh. and uh <laughs> So I think I think that's fine. I think as long as it as long as it cuts both ways, then uh, then I don't mind you know heavy tackling. I know people are a bit like, oh, it's dangerous for Neymar and Mbappe and stuff, but that you know it is a contact sport. That is what happens, and it's inevitable that good players will get targeted. But I don't think they should be. <laughs> I don't think they should be sort of like castigated for pointing out when they get kicked all the time. Basically, I feel that's a bit a bit unfair. Yeah. And well, Neymar is annoying. He's, anno he's, anno <laughs> yeah. he's annoying. Yeah, he must be very annoying because to play he, against. He, yeah, that's true. He is, and he, you know, he talks too. <laughs> and then oh, he yeah. humiliates you, and that's the way he plays football. Like, and the, he's gonna like what he did to Harry Maguire, yeah. sit him on his ass. <laughs> he's, he's protecting himself, yeah. Um, he will fall easily because, you know, he's a bit fragile. So by, you know, falling early and anticipating... I mean, he had two, two foot fractures, a rape fracture. I mean, yeah, you see physically, he built up. He's, he's, you know, of course, he's a you know, high-level athlete, but he's a twit. It's not, you know, you see Mbappe compared to him. Mbappe has some 
core structure that Neymar doesn't have. Uh, Neymar is so flexible, that's why he can do what he, what he does. Um, and his response really to all the provocations, look at the third goal, what he did. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my. And it started on McTominay too. Oh my God, what he did. It's like, okay, it's beautiful. You know what? Boom, 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 boom. Pass. Goal. And the goal, the way he scored it too. It's like he has a brain in his foot, in his left foot. It's like, okay, this is my touch here. Like, here we go. And it almost feels like, you know, when the other team is trying to get under his skin, it just like hypes him up more. It makes him want to embarrass them. And then you also have Paredes. I just wonder if teams will maybe stop trying to do that because clearly it's not working. It fires Neymar up and Paredes might come and break your player's legs. And you you try to go under Neymar's skin. Is you you losing it because he will get under yours better because he's a better player. Is 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 that's his fuel. The only way to do real damage uh, against Neymar is, is what some teams were able to do, which is cutting the line of supply to him, and then then he deflates by himself. He's, he's losing confidence, yeah. and he's and losing. He, he's still. Tries to- he tries too hard as well, doesn't he? He ends up backing alone half trying to get the ball. And... That, that yeah. football IQ. And uh, he still has a, a margin of progression. Because if he can go past that mental weakness, because um, he, he, he has some. Now we're talking about Ballon d'Or and all, and all that stuff. It's, it's, it's close. It's close. The good thing, there's only so many teams that can cut off the supply and kind of box him in a little bit maybe Bayern Munich sure. City Liverpool and then, and then maybe it's going to be more difficult now when the team is all uh, physically you know at the same level because um, cutting the supply when you have you know let's say Paradise Paradise has been disappointing for a while but he comes back to a good level Verratti is not injured Rafinha look what Rafinha can do uh, really bad news for Draxler. I mean, it's like... Uh, okay. He's fine. He's got so, lots of but, money and a supermodel girlfriend. Don't feel bad for Draxler. He's good to go. He's a beautiful he's a beautiful player. Um, um, you go ahead. But, yeah, no, Rafinha does that box-to-box, uh, attacking box-to-box, that Gay can't... He, gay does it, but then he doesn't have the football like you too. Or, you know, rarely to really do the right pass after that, that physical effort. Rafinha, Rafinha does. Oh, my God. So he will, he will drive in the middle. So now it's not Neymar driving in the middle. It's Rafinha. So Neymar can, and, you know, Rafinha and Neymar are on the same page. Um, we, have, we have tools that we didn't have before. I'm really impressed by Rafinha. I really hope he's, I mean, my goodness. Um, and defensively, so it's like a, such an asset. We needed a player like this, and having this for two to shell in in his arsenal of of players is is a dream. Uh, Leonardo did really well this transfer season, really, really well. We yes. need to keep Rafinha. We need to keep Rafinha. We need to keep uh, Keen, mm-hmm. Ken, and um, we'll see about Danilo. I, I, you know, he's he's very useful. Look what he did, um, dropping. Dropping back in central defense when we don't have the ball, going in midfield when we do, um, is very tactically useful. And then the second balls and the balls in the air in his zone, whew, we didn't have that. And now we have Paradise. 
We we do have a question. Tiago Mota is very he's very comfortable doing it. I mean I'm in a shade again. So it's great. Plenty of good news. Um, yeah. We can be hopeful. Absolutely. And I'm I, sorry, I cut you off there. Um, I was just looking at some of the questions that came in from Twitter. We'll end the show with. And we do have a question about what your ideal midfield is. So I'm curious to see what you what players you'll pick for that. Um, we've talked a lot about Neymar. The big story after, of course, the win over Manchester United was his comments that seemingly came out of nowhere. Like, you talk about the game or whatever, but he brought up Messi. And so his, his comment was, what I want most of all is to play with Messi again, to be able to enjoy him once again on the pitch. He can play in my place. I have no problem with that. But I want to play with him next year for sure. We have to do it next season. This seems like a, a calculated response, um, something maybe directed to Leonardo um, Nasser, basically saying, I'll sign an extension. I want you to bring Messi here. Um, Kose, Messi to PSG. You, it seems like it's, it's a race between PSG and Manchester City. So number one, do you think it will happen? Number two, do you think it should happen? Ship Mbappe out of my club. Ship Mbappe out of my club. Wow. Get 350 millions and bring Messi and, and bring new fullbacks. Goodness. <laughs> I don't I don't that is a hot take. That. that is sizzling hot. I don't necessarily disagree with that. Um, <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know how possible it is financially. I don't know how possible it is tactically even. Um, tactically. But... I am a little. I'm. A, I'm. I'm. Of course. I'm. I'm very skeptical of it. But um, I do. I was reading a little bit. Um, uh, I was reading Mark Damon a little bit, and how he was talking about how it could make sense financially if um, we, you know, cashed in for Mbappe, redistribute those uh, sources to, you know, build a more solid team around Neymar bringing in, you know, Messi on a short-term contract to, um, you know, fulfill a, you know, that Mbappe sport or the, the, the creator, the, the, you know, more midfield um, position. So, I mean, I, would he be an amazing addition? I think he would be incredible. Is he the player that he used to be? No, but I think Coman being a fraud of a manager that he is, um, has still found has still found a few ways to bring out good things in him, supporting him with younger players, taking away taking away the physical charge that that um, he depends on, and letting him run the game. I think uh, we're seeing a much much better level from Messi that we did at the beginning of this season, at the end of last season, um, and I think that with the players that we have, he could be a potential solution. Um, I think if we don't go for him, that's also like, will he ever even leave Barcelona? That's a whole different conversation. Um, on that, we can only ever speculate, but I think he would fit in very nicely. Um, and also, he probably wouldn't not have goals in the Champions League for a full calendar year. So, that is my take on the situation. That is interesting. I don't know. Guillaume already chimed in, said he doesn't necessarily agree with that. But Matt, I mean, this doesn't seem with, with what? Uh, with with Messi, <laughs> selling no, Mbappe. No, no, no. That's, not, that's just what I mean. I'll let Matt. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, Matt, um, in terms of Messi, number one, do you do you think that Mbappe should be sold and maybe bring in Messi, maybe a few other complementary pieces, and also talk about just the comments in general. Um, Neymar doesn't typically talk about things like this unless he has a message. So, like, is there a deeper meaning to this? What do you think 
he's obviously trying to play with Messi, but we know the current circumstances. So, like, what is Neymar really getting at here? Well, I mean, it's first of all, I'm like, I'm, I'm in awe of Jose Espinosa, director of football. I mean, he sounds brutal, man. Like, Mbappe, <laughs> see you later, you loser. Get out of my club. Love it. Um, I think it, yeah, you're right. I think he wouldn't have said it if he didn't, like, well, unless he's just trolling Barcelona, but it's not really Neymar's style. If he is, fair play to him. It's really funny. Um, uh, I think he, he must have had the sort of, he must have had the nudge from Messi. No, Messi must have said, oh, you know, because we know that they they sort of got him really well. I reckon. Yeah, exactly. I reckon he must have he must have had some kind of indication. You know, you maybe you put this out for me there for me and see what happens. Um, I think whether whether I'd, I mean it's messy, right? I would want him at PSG a hundred percent. If there was a way to make it happen, it would just be interesting. Like he's the best player that I've ever seen. Like and who wouldn't want them? Who wouldn't want that guy at your club, right? But. Uh, whether it's a good idea, I mean, I don't know. I'm, it seems unlikely that it is. Like, it seems like we'll end up with a massively unbalanced team again if we spend all our money on Messi, even if we manage to flog Mbappe to Real Madrid or whoever. So I'm not sure it's a great idea. But there I would wouldn't like be a transfer that. fee. He would arrive on a free. So you're just looking yeah. at his wages. Yeah, yeah, yeah only his happening. wages, yeah. Um, no, no, I think, no. Saying I think also... I think also, like realistically, if he leaves Barcelona, he'll go with he'll go to Man City, won't he? He's not gonna I don't think he'll come here to be honest. I think it'll be Guardiola or he'll stay at Barcelona. But I would like to see it happen just to see how we how we can make it work, if we could make it work, whether you know, what he could do in a in a PSG in a PSG shirt and in our setup. But uh Wages would probably be massive, yeah. Kosa, you can sort that out, though. Just, like, just, you know, just rejig the wage bill a little bit. I have faith in your sporting director credentials. We do um, have Hesse's off the books. You had Tiago Silva's yeah, exactly, off the books. Yeah. Cavani. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, just, just pay him whatever you don't pay Krizawa. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, in so in summary, I would like to see it happen just because I'd be interested to see how it went, but... I don't on a sporting network it's probably not a good idea and I don't think it is realistic that it will happen. A fair play to Neymar for bringing it up. It was quite funny. Kose, when you said that I just had a visual. I don't know if you guys have seen the movie Office Space where they put the guy in the basement with the red stapler. That's what they're <laughs> gonna do with Kurzawa. Just put him in the basement. He's like, I didn't get paid. It's like, oh you're gonna want to talk to HR about uh, that. And just give all the money to Messi. That's yeah, an excellent idea. Oh goodness. I, I think yeah, it's, get- um I mean, considering how the club sees things, you know, the the glamour. I mean, having Neymar and Mbappe is already incredible. Um, I think it's possible to get Messi because of COVID, because of what's happening at UEFA level. Um, there's probably not going to be much people in any stadiums until this summer. Uh, financially, it's catastrophic for, I mean, you know, gauge receipts are like huge. Um, for Paris, they are, but maybe a little less than some other clubs because of our commercial um, line, which is, you know, bringing a lot. Um, they don't talk about the VIP lodges in, in Parc des Princes, but I'm sure they're full. And that brings tremendous. Uh, amount of money. There's going to be something happening at UEFA level, and that's good news for Paris because, you know, maybe, maybe they will allow um, 
the the honors to inject money again. Messi's salary would be, of course, biblical. Um, but I feel like the club is going to try everything they can to get him. Then, I mean, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? And and Matt, you were saying the team is massively balanced. Not anymore. Still unbalanced, of course. When Mbappe doesn't defend, at that level, we feel it. it you, we, we saw he defended um, recently, like he made the effort. That completely rebalanced the team. That's at that level. I mean, it, it's it's so subtle. Like little things a player will do or doesn't will impact, like a snowball effect, the entire team. The team is not is no longer completely unbalanced. It can be. Um, yes, I think. Um, yeah, because he's, he's writing that a lot of players were tracking back against my new. Yes, uh, I think uh, you know to hell. Yeah, like being like, come on. It's like you know better now, and they did it, and they do know better. Having Messi, yeah, no, I think it's it'd be um, it'd be interesting because you know he's he's, he's kind of old now. He's not going to expect play more than like thirty games a year. Um, it it'd be very interesting. I mean, how can Mbappe leave when Messi comes in at the same time? I do uh, wonder that, now. If- if PSG could get creative and say maybe give them a percentage of the shirt sales or some a percentage well, they, of some they, revenue, they, they, they can be financially very creative. Ed. Yeah, <laughs> instead of just cutting a check that maybe you don't have right now, you know, maybe get them on the back end of the contract. You know, we'll make up for it once you know we get people in the stadium. You know, they could get creative. They've done it before. Messi and Mbappe Neymar, <laughs> and Messi as a ten, as a pure ten. Mm-hmm. And when he doesn't play, then Neymar can take that role if needed. Um, you know, you keep, yeah, uh, Icardi may not like it um, and probably would be sold. Uh, Ken would be kept. Icardi would go. That'd be, you know, you can't, you can't do it all. Um, they don't you, They don't really get along, Messi and Icardi, right? Well, they, I, I don't know about those stories. That's much more of a you know thing for you and Matt. But yeah, I don't know what, there's something here. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So um, yeah. Um, and then to hell is to hell going to stay? I mean, in some ways, I wouldn't be surprised by you know Guardiola at Man City is what's going to happen to him. Yeah. He did. Okay. Well, and there's you know, been singing in an extension is just singing in an extension. Yeah, of course. Guard, Guardiola in, Messi in. Okay. Yeah, we'll see. Um, if Tuchel stays, we're, we talk about that coming up. But um, I do want to talk about Mbappe a little bit, just because Kose, you're you're ready to sell him, but. We can't deny that the fact is he hasn't scored in the Champions League for over a year. Yeah. He, he's gotten a couple of nice assists, okay, but you're not paying that kind of money. You're not going to be a generational talent going over a year not scoring in the Champions League. So, Gail, we can go back the other way around. We'll start with you. What do you attribute his lack of scoring to? I think maybe it has something to do with him thinking about his future and his contract, and he doesn't quite know what to do. There's a lot of people probably talking in his ear. I think he's getting a little bit clouded, and maybe that's affecting him on the pitch. Probably also a little bit of Tuchel in his lack of tactics going forward. But what do you think is going on with Mbappe right now? 
Well, it's going to be more than one thing, right? Uh, first of all, he's, me he's mentally tired. Uh, you know, the kid's young. Um, he's, he's where to start about his, his, his mental is exceptional, but it's just a kid. Uh, the fact that he's like, he knew he was destined to glory, like a certitude and, and glory is coming to him. Um, somehow, you know, makes him very strong mentally. It's like, yeah, that, like scoring, yeah, score the goal in the champion, uh, in the World Cup final. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm here for. Mm -hmm. And we're all like, and for him, it's normal. But now he's, um, he's really well surrounded, especially his parents are both um, ex-professional athletes. And um, he's learning a lot right now to be in that ditch. But physically, he hasn't found the pace yet, the, the, the rhythm. You can tell in his runs. I mean, he, he gets caught up, like people catch up on him. It's like, what? And then, um, yeah, the game against Montpellier is probably the worst I've seen him play. Like, he's not in it. He's fried mentally. Yeah. He needs a break. He needs a break. He needs a break. I mean, between the, the French national team and Paris Saint-Germain, that year has been tough. Um, and he did have that injury last season. And then, I'm sorry? He did have that injury. It was like his first major of his career last season. Yeah. 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 So um, he will bounce back. We all know, of course, he will. Uh, contract negotiations, sure. Um, yeah, it's a big deal. We don't know. Imagine losing him on a free. Oh, God. Um, I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see him stay for very long, for sure. Problem is other clubs with COVID. I mean, can Real Madrid or City or Liverpool? Liverpool probably, but would he go there? I mean, who, you know, who knows? But um, yeah, it's, we're talking about, you know, 200 million plus, 220, 230, 240. I just don't think anybody has that kind of money right now. Um, so that's so why I lean more towards to... him signing an extension. The Messi situation is, yeah, yeah. I'm not pretending I know the the, the books, but they are brilliant with those books, and they're brilliant with like maneuvering UEFA a bit. Mbappe wouldn't mind Messi coming in at all. I'd imagine that. Imagine for him. Imagine for Messi. Imagine for Neymar and imagine for everybody else and for the club and oh, oh god that'd be would be that would that be the best collection of superstars ever in the game those three players anyone could respond to that I'm just off the top of my head would that be the the biggest three ever to be on one team are you yeah, probably yeah. close to it yeah yeah I would gonna say yeah I mean the original the original Real Madrid Galacticos might have something to say about it when you had like Zidane and Roberto Carlos and all those guys together no, that was uh, F F Zidane Figo and, um, and but none, none of those players and, were ever uh, regarded Ronaldo, as the best uh, David Beckham. Beckham guys David Beckham guys come on one 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 level below a great <laughs> level but one, one level below ask him in his interviews no he was in yeah. awe of coming into the locker room and sitting next yeah. to Zidane I mean you, you say and, you say that but in terms of hair like definitely one oh, in style and, yeah. and so wrong but um, <laughs> uh, Figo overrated player for me but anyway uh, so yeah we got to look at you know Brazil 
Brazil national team in the 80s, where each player was like, oh my God, you know, the Zico years, Socrates, uh, Val, um, oh, it was a long time ago, I forgot. But <laughs> yeah, if you go international, yeah. maybe, but like club, I, Real Madrid was the example I was thinking of, but none of those players were regarded as high as Messi. I mean, Messi is thought of the best player ever. At least he's in that conversation. I don't know Zidane as great as he is. I don't know if he's in that conversation. Not close. Yeah, but no, he's not close. There. Yeah, it'd be, uh, it'd be. I mean, imagine the, the We've seen if if you're on Reddit mm-hmm. and on the forums, you see people's perception of Paris Saint Germain changing. Um, and 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 finally, you know, we always have. You know, ranters and naysayers, and oh, it's football, guys. It's, we'll always and, have Craig know, Burley. Yeah, and like people <laughs> completely clueless who have no idea what they're talking about. But the perception of the team is changing, and now people are getting used to the fact that Paris Saint Germain is a team. And, 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 you know, before that, we were that strange freaking concept. Now it's a real team, and it's based on, you know, beautiful football and glamorous things. and Having Messi, oh my God! Just well, that, even for a year, <laughs> it'd be uh, like the 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 image of Paris Saint Germain. People are used to that glamour now, and and a lot of them hate it, but they love it. It's a love hate relationship. When you're a known Paris Saint Germain fan, you can't, you know, you can't rant about Neymar for hours, and yeah, and but then you you know you watch them play a few seconds, you see what Neymar did on the third goal. It's like. If you love football, you can't hate Paris Saint-Germain to the core. If you do, you have other issues that you need to resolve. They're young. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So if Messi comes, I mean, yeah. for the club, uh, it's it's like, my God, they, they, they can't. How high can you go? It's uh, that. And, and, and that's a marketing strategy of Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, you know, I mean, Ibrahimovic, uh, Cavani, Neymar, Mbappé. And you haven't really brought it up, but the, the World Cup in Qatar in 2022, if you could bring in Messi and then you have that big three, I mean, that's about as good as marketing as it gets in, in football. Like, if you have those three players that you can put in World Cup promos. We forgot about that World Cup. Yeah. yeah, it's coming up. It's coming up. But, uh, <laughs> Matt, Matt, I, I want to go over to you. Just talking about Mbappé, what's going on with him? I mean, it, what is it? What is the problem? Why can't he score? I mean, he's he's contributing. He's got a couple assists, okay, but not quite elite level performances from him lately. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I'm a bit like for. Uh, I find this is quite a difficult one because I saw on after the game on Wednesday, obviously, because everyone's like Team Neymar now because Neymar's been doing really well for us and he has. He's been great. Um, but I saw a few people like, oh, Mbappe's just got pace. That's all he's about. You know, he hasn't got what Neymar's got. And obviously he hasn't got what Neymar's got because Neymar's a fairly unique player in the history of football. But Mbappe's really good. Like, I know that he hasn't scored a Champions League goal for a year. But, I mean, he's 21 years old. Like, he is amazing. Like, he is like a, he is a generational talent. He is allowed to have a, an off period. I do not think it is no. a year. It is, it is a calendar year. That is true. But it's a massively, no, it's like, dis- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know this is not very this is not very football Twitter to talk like this, but it's been a massively disrupted year. He's been playing football since he was like eighteen, pretty much nonstop, and he's won like virtually everything in that time. He is allowed to have some downtime without people like being, oh, he's a fraud, he's a fraud, he's not as good as Neymar, blah blah blah. 
So I'm kind of not that worried about it. I obviously would like him to come back into form and score some Champions League goals at some point. But like you say, Guillaume, I think he's probably just a bit knackered. He's probably... Um, you can see that it's starting to weigh on him as well because obviously he's quite a bright guy and I'm sure he thinks about this and he probably is his own like biggest critic because he, he seems... I think if I was going to say something which is possibly contributing to it is that he doesn't seem as instinctive as he used to be. He doesn't seem to do things as just naturally as he used to. You know when he'd have that burst and he'd beat, he'd beat the players and then he'd have the brilliant finish as well just without thinking about it. Now he seems to think about it a bit more. He seems to just be... I guess maybe that is weighing a bit heavy on him. That sort of the kind of gold drought, as it in inverted commas. That's, and, that's um, when you learn. Yeah, that's absolutely. When he's yeah, learning right. right now, and he's that's, well surrounded in the team yeah. and, and at home to go through that period. He's a super smart guy. Super smart. Yeah, guy. absolutely. And so I'm not too. He, and like you say, he is contributing. You saw with the first goal on. Um, in midweek, he was really important to that, and the interchange with Neymar was excellent. So I think as long as he's contributing, I'm not too worried about the goal output because that will come back, and maybe he just needs a bit of a bit of time off, or maybe he just needs a, a lucky yeah. one to go in that will get him get him started again. But I'm not I'm not worried about it, and um, I think that some of our fans just need to get life and like stop like just finding something to moan about all the time because it just does my head in this like, it, it just it seems like so like entitled like new it's the sort of thing which people say about us and it in we're always like oh no don't say like nasty stuff like we're these nouveau reach like entitled like idiots but like some when you when people are whinging about Mbappe and saying oh he's just got pace and he's, he's you know he hasn't got anything else in his locker that does look entitled and it does look stupid like but they don't know what they're talking about I yeah. mean look 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 what he did uh, Champions uh, World Cup final. I mean, it's that it's, little pass, that little pass such... on 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 um, Giroud. Remember? Yeah, like, yeah absolutely. Yeah, he's got only pace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's just such at... a ridic- it's such a ridiculous opinion that it doesn't even bear talking about, really. So I'm sure I'm back. Will be huge football IQ. I think you're talking about the people who uh, on my Twitter feed on the poll voted for the uh, the McRib to give that an extension <laughs> over. Mbappe, Mbappe only came in second place by 0.2 percent over a fast food sandwich, um, so that tells you how far he has fallen <laughs> in the eyes of some PSG fans. Um, but you know, we'll go to Kose here, who is ready to get rid of him. Um, you want to articulate that a little yeah. bit, or what do you think the issue is? Can Mbappe be saved, Kose? <laughs> I have, I have two. No, I have two names. I have two names on my list. That I want to see out of my club by the end of the week. <laughs> Mbappe and Di Maria. Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> Di Maria, I can give you that. Okay. Cold, Don't guys. touch um, Di Maria over my dead body. <laughs> All right. Oh, no. Um, no. no, no. I think that, okay, obviously Mbappe is absolutely incredible. We can't not give him credit for what he's done. He just recently scored 100 goals for our club. Um, and that's a very, very incredible achievement. Um, I think he is super talented. And I would not mind at all keeping him if Messi is going to come in. Um, but the problem is, I feel like during the during this last year, we've had this narrative of, you know, not being able to, or, you know, since COVID hit, you know, we, we're not able to, you know, pay what we need to pay. We don't have the financial resources that we want to have. We don't have the financial wiggle room that we want to have. Um, and we are spending a lot of resources on two players. Um, and it looks like sometimes, 
like earlier this earlier this week, it looks like we do have a complete squad and we are good to compete with what we have. And we're just in an unlucky situation, or we need our players to come back or variety to work. But other times, um, it looks like we're just spending putting all of our eggs in two players. And um, I don't know. And I don't know if I necessarily agree with this, but I saw this um, article um, just a couple of days after we lost against Leipzig. Um, and it said, if you get Neymar and, PS- uh, Neymar and Mbappe out of PSG, they have a Europa League squad. Um, and like I said, I don't agree with that, but I think that it does invite to a little bit of thinking. Um, We're a little top-heavy. About- Right, exactly, about which players we have, about which players are we going to rely on. Uh, because it's one thing to have Neymar, Mbappe, Verratti, Marquinhos, and Navas on your team shit. But sometimes they're not always going to be able to start. Sometimes they're going to be suspended. Sometimes they're going to be... And if you're going to put all of these millions of dollars in two players, um, it might be more financially wise to just spend on one and build your team around that one and then use the other one to, you know bring money in for what you need and be able to to complete really a functionally balanced and complete team. That's my point of view. Now, if something does happen with the with UEFA and owners are able to inject money in, into their club, do we want to keep Mbappe? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but uh, I think that especially after this year, especially after the way that we started the league, especially after how hard it's been for us to, you know, get past the group stage after we just made the final of the Champions League. Um, I think it's just important for us to sit down and really consider who do we want to form a part of this team? Who do we want to form a part of this project? And who do we not want to form a part of this project? Because we can't... I mean, he wasn't terrible um, against Montpellier, but do we really want to have a a player like Cruzawa in our squad? Thankfully, we got rid of Hesse. We have hundreds of these cases. We lose youth players all the time. Pembele just renewed his contract, so that's good news. I mean, we're seeing a lot of these things happen, and we need to really sit down and decide who's going to be part of our squad, who's not going to be part of our squad, and who are we, are we going to be able to rely on him in the long term. And that is why I wasn't going to edit this show end without some Di Maria slander, because I have never liked him in, in our team. And I know that he's done some incredible things. He's Hold on to the Di Maria slander, because we do have I a question like about him. him. I don't like him. <laughs> Hold that Look thought at, on Di Maria, because we're going to get to him. Numbers. Look <laughs> at these numbers. Number of assists per season, per season. any football game. Uh, Ligue 1, Coupe de France, Champions League, blah, 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 assist Di Maria, assist Di Maria, assist Di Maria, assist Di Maria, assist over and over and over and over and over and over again. Well, the number, the numbers I was concerned about was the number of turnovers against Montpellier. That's the sure, number I was concerned sure, about. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> well, sure let's, we, we did want to, um, we had a question or a topic about Tuchel, but I think we can all say we're... He's probably going to be the manager for the rest of the year. Let's go around just really quick. Um, does anyone think PSG doesn't get into the knockout stage now? And um, who do you think is joining them from this group? Manchester United or uh, Leipzig? We'll go with Guillaume. What do you think? Yeah, it'd be a surprise. Okay. Not winning the last game at home. And who goes with them into the knockout stage? Well, Manchester, uh, who knows? Who cares? <laughs> do we care between Manchester? I mean... Could be you know, interesting. Probably, probably Manchester United. Okay. Leipzig, I'm sorry, is a shit team. They they are I'm so not impressed by those guys. They are such a 
a boring, boring football team. Or we got great uh, dynamic, uh, you know, of, uh, attacking transitions. Yeah, yeah great. Yeah. And defensive, <laughs> too. Oh, yeah, well, wonderful. What else? Uh, thank you. Lots um, of Red Bull. So I would, my, I, would, I would rather see Manchester go okay. through. Uh, they can be a fun... They, they're getting somewhere. There's something going on. And uh, no, I think, I think yes. Um, but, you know, it'd, it'd be fun to have, you know, Manchester going through um, for the, the fun and the glamour of the Champions League over Leipzig. The best teams in, in the best tournament. I agree. Um, Matt, anyway, PSG screw this up and who goes with them? I mean, PSG's ability to screw things up from a seemingly uh, impossible situation is is legendary. So I wouldn't say 100%, but I mean, if we because a draw is probably going to be enough, isn't it? Even um, depending on what happens in the other game, I think if we can't win or draw against uh, that team, I'm not going to try and pronounce it again, um, at home. Uh, then we deserve Europa, to be honest. So I'm pretty confident. I mean, I've been pretty confident all along. I think uh, last time I was on here, I said I thought we'd go through, and now I definitely think we'll go through. Um, as to who else goes through, I, sorry, I don't think Man United are a good team either. They've got Bruno Fernandes, who basically drives them on to great they can be. They've got a lot of they good can. players. They can be. They've they got can. a lot of great players. Obviously, yeah. if you've got Rashford and Martial and Pogba and all those other guys on the team, you can do good stuff, but... They're not a great team. They were terrible yesterday. They like had a terrible half, and then they had like a good ten minutes and won won the game. So I don't know who will go through. Like, I don't like Leipzig either. I'm, I'm with you on that one, Guillaume. I don't get the hype about Nagelsmann at all, to be honest. But I don't watch German football, so I'm not um I'm not really a, an expert. But I'd say probably Leipzig to go through. I think, yeah. but I don't really care either. <laughs> hey, if Leipzig goes out, that's you know they have in Cuckoo, so we won't have to worry about a former player yeah. coming in. Scoring, yeah. We've only got there's only Cavani to worry about. Oh, yeah, Cavani, so yeah, yeah. Well, he'll just miss or hit the crossbar. Uh, (laughs) say, what do you think? Uh, anyway, PSG messed this up, and who's going with them into the knockout stage? You know, you know, it literally what you just said reminded me of how many times I was watching the game against United and I saw Cavani hit the crossbar, and all I could think of, all I could think of was like. Oh, Man United fans, you guys don't know how many times we've been there where he hits the crossbar. Come on. Come on. <laughs> and, and, and Mbappé scored his 100th goal for the club. Um, yeah. Uh, Tai Rochto. Poleta is at 109. Like, ooh, Poleta. Uh, Ibrahimovic at 172. Cavani, 200. And he left the club with 200 goals. I mean, you know. Yeah. He had, he had, he missed a lot. He missed a lot of goals. He also yeah, left, first, refusing yeah, to play so in the Champions scored, League. But... <laughs> the goals he scored and, and the type of goals he scored also uh, with with Paris Saint Germain and with Uruguay. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Obviously, you know, massive respect for Cavani. He's one of my favorite players ever. I absolutely adore him. I just thought it was funny because we've been there before. Sure. sure, sure. Um. And uh, yeah, I. A... <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just. Yeah, you know, it's funny, it's funny. And, and you know, for the for a change, we didn't see an ex-player score on us. So, that's one thing. Um, I think that we, uh, I, I, you know, agree with everything you guys said. I think that, you know, following the, the, the run of play, we should be able to beat Istanbul Bashtaksha here at home and, you know, pres- you know, go through the next round. Um, I thought it was an interesting group and I think it really did put us to the test. Hopefully, we don't screw up 
with what is it in Spanish? We say that the the, the bread burns at the entrance of the oven because you're just like, like taking that. it out. And I'm gonna start using that. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully that the will... name the name of that. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> the name of the podcast done. Um, but I, you know, I, I actually hope Leipzig goes through um, just because I would love to see a Premier League side go to the Europa League early on. Um, but like Guillaume said, you know, whatever it is, now it's up to us to make sure that we go through and up to them to fight each other out and see and see who earns the second spot. Yeah, I'm pulling for Leipzig. I'm weird. I just I like that all of Germany hates them and it's kind of like with PSG. So I like these. I feel like we got to stick together, you know, us hated clubs. So I'll be pulling for them. Hey, there was a, a Twitter question about the, what's the ideal midfield. Yeah, um, so let, let's there's go. There's no such a thing. There's no such a thing. Oh, sure. It depends yeah. who you're playing, especially with Tuchel. Exactly. And, and they kind of alluded to that. Except Danilo being a little slow. Mm-hmm. I knew it. I, I I was in denial. He's slow. I mean, we need we need a player like him, but faster. You know, like the new the new guys. Like I, I'd love to see Ndombele. Like a Pogba. Uh, he doesn't really play at Manchester United. Too. So maybe we can get uh, and Dombele would be absolutely fantastic. Pogba would be incredible. <laughs> but um, the midfield will be whoever's available, you know, and there's a lot of them now. Mm-hmm. And uh, all about tactics. So there's no such yeah. a thing. We can say that in any configuration, there's Marco Verratti, of course, mm-hmm. if he's not suspended, uh, injured, come back from injury, which he always is. But Verratti is the core, the heart of this team. We're just missing our heart way too often. And the solution at the same time. Well, that question came from at Paul Jr. 710, who sent in a ton of really good questions. Um, I did want to get to this one quick question that he asked, and we can start with Kose since you mentioned it. Should PSG extend Di Maria? No. Yes. (laughs) He is in the final year of his deal. I don't, he probably wants an increase, but Guillaume, you say yes. Matt, what do you think? What do we yes have? As, I say yes as well. Exactly. Like, who are we going to get? Who Arabia? will give us what can uh, what Di Maria can give us in the current situation when the finances are tight and stuff? I I I, I get why people like don't like him, uh, but I think Annoying. he's quite an underrated great of PSG. To be honest, I think his uh, his form, like his consistency from like I don't know twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen to now, has been unbelievable really he's probably been our most consistent player and he never gets talked about as a as a sort of all-time great of the club but i think maybe history will treat him a bit kinder than we he was PSG's, we remember. he was psg's best player last season i thought yeah absolutely probably for the last mm-hmm. i don't know like i'd have to check i'd have to check back but it feels like for the last like three or four years his output has been pretty because he had like a sort of year 18 months where he was sort of peripheral and he wasn't really doing it but then, yeah, he's really he's really been a key player for us, and I think um, I would I would personally I think we've seen with Thiago Silva that maybe not extending because he was old and expensive was possibly not the right move in the current climate. And um, I... <laughs> Kose, Kose, man, Kose is brutal. Today. I wish you guys could he's see making, the uh, the text yeah, going if back. Watching, you, if you're not watching on YouTube, he's doing the like the throat slaying science. Like Di Maria, Di Maria's <laughs> going to have like concrete shoes in the bottom of the sen if uh, Kose's got anything to do with it. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I'd extend him. I'd give him another year. I think he's worth having around. And um, like, I think it's going to be difficult for us to recruit someone of his sort of profile uh, who can offer the same sort of output that, that we get from him. 
and there's a, the Messi factor too. Yeah, true. You know, so if if the club wants to attract Messi, yeah, there's Neymar and Mbappe, but there's Di Maria and yeah. Di Maria and Messi. I mean, it's you know. I just wonder: is there yeah, a player they you love, know they like love each other? You know, I, I agree with you guys. I think he's been great for the club. Is a player like maybe a, a Marcus Turam? Could you bring him in from the Bundesliga, bring him over to Paris as a winger, a young guy with lots of pace? You know, kind of hit the reset button instead of running back the same players. It's just something that Leonardo's going to have to think through. You know, there's there's lots of young really, talent in Ligue 1. Maybe bring someone up. I don't know. I mean, it's really difficult to get that balance right because ideally yeah. you do like to see those players given a chance. But at the same time, Turam's fairly unproven at Champions League level. So it could go really well, like you know, you hope he's got a high ceiling. And obviously, we've seen in Ligue 1 when he was um, when he was here that he was, you know, a dangerous player. But at the same time, he, is he going to make the impact? Is he going to give you what? Um, is he going to give you what Di Maria gives you? And or are we going to end up with another guy who we think, oh, he's sort of, you know, he's all right, but he's just adding to the sort of a lot of mediocre players rather than having a few good ones, sort of thing. So. I don't know. I think I could see I can see the argument for that, and obviously he would probably be cheaper, like in terms of wages and stuff. But uh, yeah, that's I guess that's what Leonardo gets paid the big bucks for, isn't it? To make those make those decisions. You know what you're going to get with uh, Di Maria. All right, last question before we you're get talking, out of here. If, if I may. Oh yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Chiram, but uh, Alassane Player. Mm-hmm. Uh, Where is he now? That's so annoying. That's so annoying. Uh, because they were, you know. Giving a chance in a yeah, Metro club back. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, because he was at Nice before, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Player was at Nice. Yeah. Uh, Turam was at. Mm, Gangomp. Gangomp. Yeah. Huh? Gangomp. Yeah. And Player has a had a hat trick in the Champions League. And we see those talents. Yeah, it's uh, but they're so. Many, so many, so many talents coming out of League One. Um, I wouldn't get one of the young guys in. I would get on. I mean, eventually, um, we haven't seen a like a a huge potential talent. We have some midfielders. We have some defenders, and it's good to see. Um, you know, Pembele. He's he's all right. You know, he's not. Yeah, he's been uh, decent. No, I, can't, I can't talk about that. That brilliant player who left to another German team broke my heart. Has anyone this seen guy. him? Has he played? No, he's on the he's on the freaking bench. Oh my Good. God. Fuck him. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I'll bleep that out. We have, we have. Let's not forget about the the youth academy. Again, sitting on the biggest reservoir of talents in the world. Um, yeah, yeah, it's debatable. You can say Rio, Sao Paulo. I don't Paris. Uh, you know, it's uh, there's a culture there, and they they are all over the place. And and when you see the number of players who didn't go through the academy but were born in the Greater Paris area, I mean, it's it's overwhelming. And um, Pogba, the club invested two hundred million euros. No. Unbelievable, like science fiction, lavish science fiction uh, training center. Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna, there's gonna be a big uh, ROI, return on investment. Oh, I know. Um, and I can't wait for a great um, dynamic midfielder to come through, and a like a you know homegrown uh, att- att- attacking player. 
eventually we'll get there. But yeah. getting getting the youth from other clubs. Yeah. I'd have to agree. It'd be better to bring them up. But um, last question. I want to go around to get everyone's thoughts. So this one comes from at Joshua Gav. Do you believe Messi or Ronaldo will be joining PSG next season? Now to answer this, and we can start with Kose, give me a percentage. 100% means they're definitely coming here. Zero, obviously, they're not coming at all. So between Messi and Ronaldo, put a, per, a percentage on it of whether or not you think they'll come to PSG next season. Um, I think that there are good arguments to be made for anyone who wants to believe or is trying to believe that uh, Messi and Ronaldo are going to come to PSG. You know, Messi um, is uh, running out his contract, uh, has already encountered a lot of difficulties with uh, the project that he's in Barcelona, that he's, you know, facing in Barcelona. Um, Ronaldo's also approaching the end of his contract. He's already been a few seasons at Juventus, winning the league, winning the cup, not really being able to establish himself in the Champions League like he wanted to do. So, like I said, there's arguments for both players. Um, Guillaume already mentioned it earlier in the episode. PSG is such a glamorous destination. We have the superstars. We have the city, the stadium, the Champions League. Um, so it would always be an entire... And we have Neymar, Neymar, we have Mbappé, we have... The, the media Maria, coverage. Right, exactly. We get a lot of coverage. Uh, Jordan. So it will always be a, uh, you know, an enticing option to come win trophies every year, challenge for trophies every year, qualify for the Champions League every year, play with superstars. Um, I think the arguments can be made. Ronaldo, I don't really see him coming um, to PSG because... I don't really see that, like, what would what is the strength or, like, what link? Like, with Messi, I see Neymar, I see Di Maria, I see a uh, strong core of Latin American, South American players. Um, I don't know exactly what, other than just our name, what would bring Ronaldo. So I would probably put that under 20%. Um, and then Messi, I think it would still be pretty low. Uh, but if it were to happen, I think that would be more possible to happen, especially if we were able to get more money into the club without, you know, running into financial fair play restrictions. Probably a 30% at best. But I don't think realistically any of those these two players are joining us anytime soon. Okay, so 30 and 20%. Matt, what do you think? What percentage you put on those two players? Uh, I think Ronaldo, uh, 7%. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, but you never know. I'm hedging my bets because uh, I'm terrible at betting. Um, uh, I think Messi, yeah, I'd go sort of more up the sort of, I don't know, 30 no, 20, probably like 26%. I think like it's okay. unlikely to happen. But yeah, maybe maybe 26.2 or yeah, 26.2. I like that. I like that. 26.2. I'm not sure. I think I think um, Rafinha being there and um, has sort of bumped it up to sort of 0.2% because they used to be teammates. But um, So yeah, it could happen. But I don't, I think Ronaldo, no. Sorry. Sorry, Ronaldo fans. <laughs> Rafinha is good for 0.2. All right. Yeah. Guillaume, what what clever percentages do you have for us? What do you think? What do you put on clever? the players? Yeah, <laughs> I got none. Zero, uh, uh, zero I percent think he for will both. Will end up his career at, at, at Barcelona, but you never know. I mean, like um, Ronaldo's departure from Real Madrid was like what? You know, it happens. It happens. Um, oh my God, my camera is all confused. Um, but I'm smelling, I'm smelling something. How, if if he needs a last challenge, so joining the Premier League, um, 
at that age, in that physical, like brutal, it's it's you know, it, it's very physical. Um, different type of physical. League One is purely, you know, you're playing against like bodybuilders, but the pace of the game is a little slower because the culture of the game is different. It's more defensive. Uh, England evolved from kicking rush with with players who couldn't control the ball, and then they imported players. I'm sorry, Matt, and oh, then they. <laughs> How rude. Imagine when Ginola, when Ginola moved to the, the British were like, oh my God, oh my God. And we're like, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. But the pace of the game is, is, you know, it's like it evolved from kick and rush. They get a rush. It's exhausting. So yeah, you'll be playing against really, you know, high level. It might be for Messi's career, a good move to, to come to Paris Saint-Germain and play with Neymar and play with, with whoever, you know, we can keep. Um, especially if Guardiola, even without Guardiola. Can Guardiola, I mean, Manchester City, it's not, you know, he would become the big star there, but he would have such a weight on his shoulders. Coming to Paris, the weight would be lighter for Messi. Because you have Neymar, because you have Mbappe, because you have those players. So it's it's more comfortable to come to Paris Saint-Germain than to Manchester City. The challenge is bigger in the Premier League, in, in Manchester City. Um, so who knows? I mean, he's a very private guy. He doesn't talk much. But he loves the beautiful game. Um, you know, he will get that at, at Paris for sure. Was it the president of Barcelona said he would have sold him? I just think the financial situation yeah. there, they're not going to be able to keep Messi even if he wants yeah, to was, stay. Yeah, it was the fi- so what happened was the financial director said that they that and he right now is the interim president. In trouble. He, big, yeah, big, he, big trouble. Big trouble. Yeah, he said that it would have been much better financially to sell Messi because obviously Barcelona has been paying an astronomical wage bill, you know, 10 renewals the last 10 years for their best 10 players um, has led them absolutely with nothing. So... And Bartomeu, so there's actually a law. He resigned. Yeah, the president cannot. And the president, if the president resigns, then he has to pay uh, the debt of the club out of his own pocket. So that's why they're in this legal. Something going on, isn't it? Yeah. No, no, they're they're really not having a good time right now. Yes. But if Messi goes to Manchester. Extremely funny. Yeah. (laughs) Imagine if we get. If you get Messi after Neymar from them, <laughs> beautiful. Although it's <laughs> so many years that they said he was gonna go back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and and, and Verratti is still not going to Barcelona. You know, you know. <laughs> it would it would be poetry, but I would just say if if oh. Messi does go to City, oh. I feel like they've got to rig the FA Cup drawing so that City would have to play Stoke sometime in the winter time to see if he could do it on a cold night in Stoke. Like that has to happen to, to cement Messi's legacy. See, that's why I always that that always puzzled me. I was like, wait, he's scoring a hat trick against Pepe and Sergio Ramos. Why wouldn't he been able to do it against Ben, me, and Tarkovsky? Yeah, but mate, because... you, should, you, should, you should try going to Stoke in midweek. I've actually I've actually done that, not to play, just to watch. It's really cold. Like I tell you, circling back to the weather. If uh, so, Messi might think, well, it's really chilly here. Don't fancy it. But I guess maybe we'll find out next season. Guillaume, what would be the Stoke of League On? Somewhere where it's cold. They play rugby. Was it like? I don't know. No, we don't have the cold. We have the hot. 
we yeah. have the Bastias, we have the Toulouse. I was gonna uh, say Toulouse, maybe they're they're yeah, pretty close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say Corsica, yeah. Corsica. Yeah, sure. the, the, the Corsican clubs, Montpellier for a while, they 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 actually now play football, which is wonderful yeah. news. But you know, the brutes of the south the, the southern corner of France. Oh Can you do cool. it on a balmy night in Corsica? On a, on a balmy night in Montpellier <laughs> or in Bastia, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, That'd be that's another good title for the podcast. Yeah. Um, okay, guys, let's go around. Um, Matt, how can people find you on Twitter if they want to say hey? Yeah, come say hello uh, at PSG Tourist. I will, I will happily chat to you about a load of nonsense. So, yeah, see you there. Absolutely. And uh, they can talk to you about Hesse and Menes and all, Hesse, the, Jezo, all the greats. Yeah, all my favorites. Yeah, Diego Logano, mm. all those guys. Guillaume, how can people find you? Off the door one on Twitter. Great. And Kosei? Yeah, I've been doing some rebranding, so people can find me at um, Cosesinho. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. No rebranding. Uh, no, I'm just going to say that's the best place to find Maria Slander. So. <laughs> <laughs> On the entire internet, actually, Cosesinho's Twitter yeah. feed is the best place. Yeah. For that. How about uh, you, Ed? Yep, I'm at. Wall hot takes. No rebranding as of yet, still at PSG Talk. You can find us everywhere. We'll get this uh, podcast up on our YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe. And uh, wherever you download this podcast, leave a review, subscribe to that as well. We always appreciate it. Check out the website. We've got some good stuff there too. So, all right, guys. Thank you so much. We went a little long, but good conversation as always. And we'll catch you all later. Thanks so much.